illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgate. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of Thermodynamic Lipid Immersion, my co-host and brother of the Beach. Beach, how are you doing? Doing good, Billy. My, uh, I had my friend Brittany over for the, she flew up from California for the weekend to experience all that Oregon has to offer in the rainy season, which was a lot of rain. And uh, then we went out and we ended up eating a lot of cheese. That was our theme for the weekend. Mm. So we went to the Tillamook Cheese Factory, had a grilled cheese sandwich. We had ice cream. We went to a Mexican place. We had nachos because it was National Nacho Day on Sunday. And... Um, then we went to this other place, McMinnville, had a lot of cheese. It was it was it was a thing. So anyway, that was my weekend. How was yours, Billy? I worked. Oh. Well, that's different. Usually it's the other way around. Yep. So how was uh were you guys busy on uh on uh, game day? Yep. All right, well that's exciting. It just I worked. It was busy. Okay. Well, that's good. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, the weekend was not a good weekend at all. No. So I tried to keep up with the game. Uh, I didn't have it on a live thing. I was following the stream, and it kept looking like we were doing well. And then we weren't. Yep. In eight seconds. Pretty much. Yeah. So that sucked. Anyway, Billy, what is the purpose of illegal participation? For us to talk beaver sports, tailgating, and anything else you find interesting and funny every week. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and any of the other podcatchers. If you want to get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, or HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. You ready to get in some uh, women's volleyball news, Beach? Billy, let's get down and dirty with this. 
All right. Well, the Beaver volleyball team was unable to overcome a slow offensive night, falling to Washington State in three sets on Friday evening inside of Gill Coliseum. It, it, it seems that they have a lot of slow offensive nights this season. Yep. Michael Vernon finished with 17 kills on 26 attempts and provided half of the team's 34 kills during the contest. The OC New York product has now led the Beavs in 13 of the squad's 23 matches. And then on Sunday afternoon at Gill, Oregon State gave number 19 Washington all they could handle, eventually falling in four sets. Izzy Sulzieski led the Beaver attack, finishing with 15 kills, while Nursina Belioglu and Kinley Swan each added nine kills of their own. Oregon State's now 7-17 and 17 overall, 2-12 and 12 in Pac-12 play, and they hit the road traveling to face Utah on Thursday night and Colorado on Saturday this week. Well, at least they're scoring. That's better than what I can say for myself. You ready to uh, talk a little bit of women's soccer? Yes, hopefully we got some success here to, to uh, talk about. In the season finale, the Oregon State women's soccer team drew the Oregon Ducks with a 2-2 score at a rainy Pape Field in Eugene on Friday night. They would. They they would. They would. Uh, the Ducks opened the scoring with a 28th-minute goal, but was matched 12 minutes later flying a solar service goal from an assist by Reese Moffitt on a corner kick. Stretching back to the last game, it marked the third consecutive OSU goal off a corner kick. It's 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 like why do we even have fall sports? Yep. Oregon State ended the season five ten and four on the year. Okay, lovely. So, I guess, I guess for a positive note, hey, we did lose our last game. Didn't well, win it either. And I didn't lose it. And I was just reading that uh, I think five different Pac-12 teams made it into the tournament for women's soccer. Mm-hmm. And they've got like the first, third, fourth, f- fifth seeded teams. I mean, they've got a number. Mm-hmm. So they've got three teams that are seeded. And then they've got two other teams that made it in. So, All right. Ready to talk a little bit of men's soccer? I was just disappointing all the way around. Please, well, I, yeah. let's, end, let's end this topic on a high note. What do we got? There's there's really no way to make that any better. Can't sugarcoat that crap, huh? Nope. The Oregon State men's soccer team battled San Diego State to a 2-2 draw Thursday evening at Lorenz Field in Corrales. Mohamed Thame and David Perez tallied the Beavs' goals. Now, Thame's strike marked his fifth goal in Oregon State's last six games. The Beavs played the final 20 minutes of that contest down a man after having another player sent off with a 70th-minute red card. Then on Sunday, Beach, Oregon State was playing a highly-ranked UCLA. Mm-hmm. And guess how the game turned out? They played them to a tie? No. Oh. They lost? No. They won? No. They got rained out? Yes. The game was because canceled because the freaking soccer's are a bunch of pussies. Because the, the game was canceled after field conditions were deemed unplayable following a sustained heavy rain and snow in Corvallis. Oh, there was snow in Corvallis. There was snow in Corvallis and Albany on Sunday. Well, you know, it just tells you what kind of pussies the soccer players are when they can't play in inclement weather. Yep. So uh, you know. Oh my God! It's raining. It's going to ruin my hair. Well, I th- I think the I think that field was just a, a waterlogged mud pit. 
Do you remember playing in Harefield back when it was? Uh, oh, I remember playing soccer where the ball would go in puddles and just stop. Yeah. Well, I remember Harefield out in Hillsborough for, for Glencoe football. I remember Vern Petrick taking a roller and literally rolling the mud flat yeah. for the game before. And he would chalk the mud and then the game would begin and it would turn into a big mud pit again. And he'd roll it the next week mm-hmm. for the next game. So the fact that these soccer players can't play in a little bit of rain, I mean, it's not, it's at the end of the season. The grass is going to grow back next spring. You're all good. It's not like you're going to use it the rest of the season because God knows you didn't make the playoffs. Or did they make the playoffs? They didn't make the playoffs. Uh, then, then what the hell? Let it go. Play that game. Beat those bitches. So yeah. that, that game, Beach, will not be rescheduled. And the Beavs will now wrap up the 2022 regular season on Thursday when they play at Washington. Jeez. Well, hopefully they do better than the football team does. Well, uh, there's also a little bit of wrestling to talk about. Mm. Maybe we'll have some hope in the winter sports. What do we got in wrestling, Billy? Well, Beach, Cleveland Belton, Matthew Olguin, Trey Munoz, and Brandon Kaler picked up opening day wins, but the 19th-ranked Oregon State wrestling team dropped a 20-13 to road decision to number 26 Lehigh on Saturday morning. Oregon State will stay on the East Coast for the Army Scramble, taking place Sunday morning, but I couldn't find the scores from that. Hmm. Okay. Uh, next up, Beach, we got a little bit of women's basketball because we are recording this on Sunday night, or uh, Monday night, not Sunday. Monday night. Yep. And the Oregon State women had a season opening 61-60 to win over the women of Hawaii. Really? Yeah. The Rainbow Wahini. Very nice. Uh, I believe it was one on a free throw, but I don't know because the story's not posted yet and I wasn't watching the game. Hmm. But I know they won 61 to 60. Awesome. Oh, Beach, we have also got a little bit of uh, men's basketball news. Okay. How'd, how'd they do? Uh, I don't know. They're playing right now. Let me look. Tell you the score. Actually, the game yeah. might the game might not even have started yet. Really? Oh, yeah, it hadn't started yet. It doesn't start till 9. Hmm. Late freaking game. So, I don't know. By the time people hear this on Tuesday, the game will be over. <laughs> we'll see what happens See there. what happens. Yeah, they're playing Tulsa. So, hey, Billy. Yeah, Beach. Do you hear that? I do. I do. Hold on here. Hold on. Billy. Yes, Beach. Ooh, this is weird. I got a I got a link here for you. Okay. Let me let me email it to you. I think it's I think it's an audio link. Okay. Here, let me, you got it? Hold on. I'm refreshing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Still nothing. That's what she said. You hear that a lot, I know. Oh, there it is. <laughs> There it is. So, am I supposed to open this up? Yeah, go ahead and play it for the audience here. Okay. Hold on. I don't think I have the right codec to play it. Is it a zip file? Hold on. Oh, here we go. Okay, there we go. Here we go. You ready? Yep, play. Okay.
fires around here. There's places you're you can. Yes, bye. You're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit. Yes, and you're living outside in there. And listen to you, listen to you, I sweetheart. You just don't want to lie over me. Yes. I don't even have any clothes to change it to. Thank you. It's all your fault. Well, that was interesting. The hell was that? I don't know. Hey, let me, let me, let me read. Let's see. Billy. Yes, Beach. This just in. If you must go to Eugene, Oregon, make sure you pick up donuts at Dizzy Dean's Donuts. The gentleman you just heard arguing with the homeless person outside his business. From the appearance of a viral video put online by an ex-employee, Dean Weaver, the owner of Dizzy Dean's Donuts, threw water on a homeless woman outside his store. People online say the temperature of, uh, on the night of the video was taken was as cold as 40 degrees. But Weaver told KEZI that's not what happened and that there's more to the story than what the video shows. It's not a matter of, I threw water on somebody. I would never do that. I just threw it on the fire to get it out, Weaver said. Weaver said he was inside a shop when he smelled the fire and heard crackling. So he said he grabbed a pitcher of water. I went out to extinguish the fire, and I saw someone sitting there, and I threw the pitcher of water on the fire. The fire was behind her. The video makes it look like I threw it on her, but I didn't, Weaver said. The fire that Weaver claims was behind the woman is not easily visible in the video posted online, and many people online say the fire wasn't there at all. Weaver said this isn't the first time he's had to deal with people setting fires around his shop. There's been probably six or seven total fires right in this area. They are not big fires, but I don't know what they're, uh, what they're going with this, and I'm concerned about other fires and that have been happening, Weaver said. He said each time this happens, he gets water to put the flames out. According to Weaver, this particular time wasn't anything out of the ordinary. You haven't heard of any of the other times. The reasoning being is that this one went viral because an ex-employee took the video and downloaded uh, so that he could post it, Weaver said. Weaver said the ex-employee was fired for other reasons and believes he posted the video without full story to get revenge. But the video also caused a one Springfield business with a similar name to get some unwanted calls. A worker at Busy Jeans Donuts, again, remember his is Dizzy Dean's Donuts, so I think somebody's typing the name, said ever since the video was posted, they've had a flood of angry callers. Threats harassing us through the phone, thinking that we are related, but we are not affiliated with Dizzy Dean's Donuts. Please stop calling us, said the worker. As for Weaver, he hopes to move forward from his from this and keep serving up his donuts to the community as he has done for the past 35 years. This re the reality is, I threw it on the fire, not on any person. It's far too cold to do that, Weaver said. Eugene is such a wonderful place. This is my interpretation here. Eugene is such a wonderful place with its lack of police, its ex excessive homelessness, crime, and drug use. It seems only right to have the rest of the population in the city second only to Portland as the most shithole town in the state be a bunch of shameful, easy-led automatons who go after local businesses who have only been trying to serve the public for several decades in one of the highest tax states in the union. Cheers to you, Dizzy Dean. Keep putting those fires out. Apparently, your fire department is just as shitty as your police and your city council. This has been your Heinrich Tailgater update from Eugene. Wow, that's a little angry. Well, you know, you know, I was thinking about this. If, if this person went to your backyard and lit a fire, what would you do?
Probably throw water on it. Uh-huh. Every person who is who is condemning this guy, if the situation well, was reversed and they had that person in their front yard or backyard lighting a fire next to their house, what would they do? Well, I have to say, I actually heard about this before this. I've, I watched mm-hmm. the video before this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched it because everyone was getting all bent out of shape about it. I saw it on Twitter, I think. And I watched it and I go, I can't tell what exactly happened because she's sitting down kind of between a looks like a trailer or a van yeah like a trailer and, and the wall of the building and the wall of the building and yeah on and, a sidewalk on a sidewalk yeah mm-hmm. and and uh he threw water on it and maybe some water got on her i don't know but but he did mention the fire when he was talking. oh yeah yeah and that's yeah. what he said and and my whole thing is the first time i saw this was like, like well i don't know the context of this yeah, exactly. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know. How do you, is this the fifth time he's been out there? Yeah, I said six or seven. But yeah. I'm just saying, you know, how many times has he dealt with her? Yeah, you exactly. Know? And has she been harassing customers when they're trying to get in? Well, and, and kudos to KEZI for going out there and actually doing an interview with him to get yeah. his side of the story before all these crazy automatons jump on. Well, and that's the thing is, and they're all just, making assumptions they're all just keyboard warriors. Cause they're going to probably jump yeah. on and we're going to hit him with Yelp and we're going to hit him with this and we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. And they really don't do anything. They can sit on no, their lazy asses just, and type shit in. Yeah. But, and, and chances are they don't even buy donuts from the guy. And no. I'm never going to buy donuts there again. You probably never bought donuts there in the first place. You dipshit. I know it kind of reminds me of the whole, um, Nick Sandman thing. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. I remember uh, people, I saw people getting all of, you know, Nick Sandman was that kid in Washington, D.C., and the Native that, American guy Nate, was in his face. And I remember I'm sitting there, I, I, the people were getting all pissed off. I'm like, well, I got to find this video. So I found it and I watched it and I go, okay, I still don't know what happened. Well, see, I, I you know, was he's standing there I, with kind of a smirk on his face, but I don't know what, it, I don't know where, it, the, I don't know how we got here. Yeah. It looked like an uncomfortable smirk when I saw it. Yeah. And when you see that Native American guy going right up to his face, beating on his drum, I'm yeah. like, what the hell are you doing? Because yeah. you are more engaging him than he is engaging you. And he, then what really pissed me off was when they interviewed him because suddenly they pushed Nick Sandman aside. We're going to interview the Native American who's beating the drum because apparently he was offended, right? Yeah. So they go to interview him, and he's like, I am a Vietnam-era uh, veteran. I'm like, oh, a Vietnam-era veteran. Yeah. Not a Vietnam veteran, a Vietnam-era veteran. You're using you're using schematics to get out of the fact that you didn't see service. You probably did something else. And and then when they actually interviewed him, he really had no combat uh, history well, at all. And again, I'm not knocking anybody who does it, but I just you know if you can say I'm a veteran, okay, but I'm a Vietnam veteran. He he he's trying to put himself in an area where he wasn't. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and that, yeah. that pisses me off. Well, and then when you go back and watch the whole video, you realize that same man kid did nothing. He did nothing. But I just remember, because I, I went into work and I had my employees going, oh, that, that kid was such a jerk. And I'm like, I don't know what he did. I don't you know, know. I go, he kind of looked like he had a smirk on his face. But I said, what happened before that? Oh, you know what happened? Those punk kids and they were doing this. And I don't know anything. Would have made it. I would have made it if it weren't for those darn kids. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know anything. I didn't see anything. And then later when the whole video came out, you're like, oh, okay. And it was funny because I brought it up to those same kids that, that came up to me and said those stuff. And they were like, well, yeah, but, you know, no, you jumped to conclusions. You, you fed into your own bias. It's, it's like that, that scene in uh, Office Space where you have the new game called Jumping to Conclusions. Yeah, um, much. The, the uh, you know, um, 
Where was I going? What was I going to say now? Dagnabbit, you went off, and now I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh, you know, uh, Thomas Sowell, he's my favorite economist. Oh, my, probably my second favorite economist, if you have a favorite economist. But one of the things that he always says Here's when your you're first, first, Friedman. Friedman, yeah. But uh, and isn't that cool that I've got two favorite economists? But anyway. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but Nerd. Dork. One of the things Thomas Sowell says when when people are presenting you data, always be very critical of the starting and end points they pick. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times if they're really obscure start and end points, then they're trying to push a narrative. And one of the examples he gives is uh, uh, STDs. So because he said STDs were on the decline at the first part of the 20th century, right? Um, after World War One, or I think it was after World War One or after World War Two, uh, STDs were on a, a serious decline. Like they were down like 90%. And then all of a sudden, over a period of maybe a year, they increased a little bit. But it, it still, over the period of time, it was it was such a drastic decrease. But there was a group of people who were trying to push a narrative, and so they just cut the cut the data out and just did the last six or eight months and said, "Look at this. It's increased like you know." 20%. It's like, dude, it's dropped like 90%. You're 20% of like nothing now, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and he said, always be careful of that. Cause it pushes a narrative. He said, watch the starting and end points. And, and, and that's true with social media. When you see stuff, I'm, whenever I see quotes and I see dot, dot, dots, or if you see quotes that don't make sense, mm-hmm. or if you see videos that are suddenly edited that move like, well, what happened to the first five minutes of this video or what happened to the last five minutes of this video? Because what, what they're trying to push on me, while it's sensationalized, you're like going, okay, but like Judge Judy says, it just doesn't make sense. Exactly. You know, and if exactly. it doesn't make sense, then it isn't true. And like I said, when you see that that Sandman kid standing there, it's like it didn't. It's not making sense. This guy throwing. I mean, he's not just going to go out. Personally, I don't see where the guy's just going to go out and throw water on a homeless person. No. Right. I mean, if you are, you're going to throw it on there. And you say, get out of my place. Right. Yeah. He he never told her to leave. Yeah. He simply threw the threw the water, and then she's the one that confronts him. So if if he was trying to get her to move, I think he would have confronted her in a different way, yeah. or or been very direct after. Well, and my my and my other thing is, how many times has he dealt with her? Exactly. exactly. You know, is this the twentieth time? Well, then turn a the goddamn know. hose on her. Well, you that, know, that, you can't exactly. be here. Well, and if it and, takes and me turning a hose first, on you, I you, go someplace else. Well, and and you know, the police won't do anything for that stuff anymore. No. And and the fire department's only going to respond if the thing catches on fire. They're not going to put the fire out early because yep. they don't have support. And and it just becomes the it, it's it's coming to almost a point of anarchy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's like well I got to protect my own property because exactly. again she she's not you know if she was to catch that 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 trailer on fire or the side of the building on fire you know it it's his insurance it's his everything it's his liability it's his deductible. Yeah. You know. And nobody wants to think about that. And like I said, if the if the, the situation was reversed, if that woman was in your backyard with your family and your kids and you don't know who she is, you don't know if she's on drugs and she starts putting up a fire. You know, how many times have you seen? I remember in Portland a couple of years ago, those homeless guys were next to uh, the city of Portland Central Shops and they they lit a they were they had fires going on in this fenced area that the city of Portland let them go into. And they freaking blew up a uh, propane canister. Yeah. And it ended up catching the neighbor's house on fire and burning it down. Yeah. And and the and the people who lived in the house who didn't want the homeless camp next to them, they sued the city of Portland. As they should. You did this. You put this next to us. You devalued our property and you've made this liability. And now they burned down our damn house. Yeah. And now so, you're going to freaking pay. Yeah, absolutely. Just insane. There's something got to be done about this because we never had this problem three or four years ago. And now it's just gone insane. Well, and there, there, there's. 
we're, we're looking at the result. The, the question is, what's the cause of this? Well, a lot you know? of it, a lot of it is uh, the decriminalizing of, of drug use. I guess that kind of correlates, doesn't it, with yeah. the fact that we don't we don't arrest them anymore. No, they they just have to make that phone call, don't no. they? And if they make the phone call, we we ask you to come in and we give you help. No, that's okay. I don't need help. And then they get off. They don't have to pay. Yeah, any jail time or anything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 here's my thing: the libertarian part of me is like, I don't care what you put in your body. Mm-hmm. You're an adult. You want to do that crap? Turn yourself into a pile of crap. I don't care. But yeah. once it starts affecting me. Or, you know, other things, screw you, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I, people are like, you need to have sympathy. No, I don't. I don't. You know why? I don't do that crap. I've <laughs> never done that crap because I don't want to turn into a pile of crap. It, it, you know? it always cracks me up. I, I shouldn't say cracks me up. I just find it very interesting though, that people, uh, I, I don't understand people who do math. Because I've never seen anybody that does math that says, dude, this stuff is so awesome. I know. Well, that's it's funny because you see people like that. I mean, I got to, you know, I've dealt with this with the boys where you'd see, you know, freaking addicts and stuff and go, don't do drugs. You know why? Your life's going to be that and you don't want to be that. And they're like, oh, God, I don't want to be like that. And I know. Anyways, I just, I don't understand it. I've never done it. And it's hard for me to have sympathy for something. Now, you know what? Find a person that was forced by somebody else to do drugs. Right, like someone held a gun to their head and made him yeah, shoot up yeah. or something. I'll feel bad for that guy. Yeah. Until then, all these people have made choices. They've made bad choices. They've continued to make choices. And until they decide that they don't want to make those choices anymore and want to get help, screw them. Anyways, there you go. Yeah, that's heavy. But anyways, don't even go there. Deep, this is a deep update from Eugene. On well, this one. you know, part of it is is this goddamn election that's uh-huh. going on. I'm so tired of freaking election. <laughs> commercials I, I, i'm anxious for the end but you know i was listening to the news today and it sounds like a lot of the damn things aren't going to be decided until like december i it's, it's going to be a mess every yeah. everything's a mess for this you know i'm waiting for the uh uh lawsuits to start and i'm not saying one side or the other i'm just saying lawsuits because inevitable yeah anymore we can't have a freaking election without having a lawsuit thanks thanks al gore <laughs> well, i mean that's really what started it we've had we've had you know, freaking lawsuits every time. All right, Beach. Are you ready to go under further review for week number 10 in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown. Let's review this bitch, Billy. All right. So uh, heading into the week, uh, Kyle, I hate you, Kyle. Kyle was in last place, dead last, mm-hmm. back of the pack at 39 out of 57. And you and I were tied for first. With 42 out of 57. Uh, we had five games uh, that we were picking today out of six. But we're going to start with that sixth game that we didn't pick. Because on Friday, November 4th, Oregon State traveled up to Seattle to take on the Huskies. And, Billy, I, I just don't want to ask, but we got to. How did that turn out? Well, Beach. Washington kicker Peyton Henry made a 22-yard field goal with eight seconds left to cap a 92-yard scoring drive, and Washington held off number 24 Oregon State 24-21 to preserve its hopes in the Pac-12 championship game race. Now, the Huskies took over at their own three with 4.33 left, and quarterback Michael Penix Jr. led the march downfield against the Beavs' stingy defense. Penix was 9-13 of for 66 yards in the drive, including a key third-down conversion to 
to Devin Culp. Now, Jalen Polk and a diving catch by Cameron Davis. Penix's push pass to Giles Jackson for 12 yards got the Huskies to the Oregon State 2. After a pair of incompletions, the Huskies set up for the short field goal, and Henry delivered the winning kick. Now, for Oregon State, Deshaun Fendrick rushed for two touchdowns, and linebacker Easton Mascarenas-Arnold returned an interception 37 yards for a score for Oregon State, which was playing its first game ranked in the AP Top 25 since the 2013 season opener. Now, the Beavs will lament two missed opportunities in the first half, going forward on fourth downs deep in Washington's end of the field and failing to convert. The windy, blustery conditions made kicking an adventure all night, but failing to get points on those drives came back to bite the Beavs. Now, the Beavs were stopped on fourth and two at the Washington 7 and fourth and three at the Washington 15 on consecutive possessions with a chance to extend their early lead. Now, the game wasn't without some typical late-night Pac-12 wackiness. They had blustery winds affecting the passing and kicking game all night. And the game was stopped for 25 minutes early in the fourth quarter after partial power outage took down some of the stadium lights illuminating the field. Were you able to watch the game, Beach? Um, no, I was not. I didn't have uh, I didn't have that work, and I was busy with other things driving. And so I ended up um, – I, I caught the highlight reel. I was watching it on my phone as I would – you know, you can kind of see the ball moving down and it'll give you updates on the, on the plays. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched the final kick. And then what was the fight that was going on afterwards? I'm not sure what happened at the end. Um, I know there was some kind of brouhaha, but there hasn't been much fallout from it. Um, I haven't really heard much about it. I saw a couple videos, but I, I couldn't tell what it was. Okay, yeah, that was uh, – I, I watched it because it was uh, – there was a highlight afterwards. Mm-hmm. And um, – they talked about it. I played the video, but I couldn't see what was causing everything. Well, so yeah, and you know, a lot of people have said about the bees not going for, about going for it on fourth down instead of kicking the uh, field goals. Oregon State's going to be aggressive, and there's a lot of times they've been able to convert those. Mm-hmm. Um, I know on the I think the first one, Coletto slipped. Well, well, which did, sucks. Didn't you have a didn't we have a conversation about this here a couple of weeks ago on a podcast where they said there's more people going for it on fourth downs now yeah. because you look at your odds that it actually can pay off. Yeah. That's what it comes down to is, you know, uh, you know, looking up people don't like the term analytics, but that's what it is. They put all yeah. that information in, they get out. What's the best, what's your highest percentage way to do things. Um, mm-hmm. And, and Smith said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to be aggressive. And we've always thought. Now he did admit they probably shouldn't have called the one play with Coletto because they've used it before and do. And you know there was later in the game they went for it and ended up scoring where they put Coletto kind of back in a in what they call a pistol um, mm-hmm. formation. And then right before and they had Fennick uh, split off to his left, and then they shifted so Fennick took the direct snap, and coletto was to his right and then he ran in behind coletto as coletto the lead blocker and i thought that was a great little wrinkle you know and they put that in a couple weeks ago but that's kind of what they need to do change it up a little bit don't give them coletto to key on so but you know and there, there was some crappy officiating in this game um there was one point where the beeves were running a third down play and i mean they were going to go for some yardage if not a damn touchdown and the refs called the timeout when nobody called the timeout. But he never did. 
And it's, so did and, they did they give it back to him then or what? Well, yeah, but they 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 were the but beef. Screwed up the, the momentum. The beef snapped the well. They ended up getting the, the third down conversion anyway, but they were going to go for a hell of a lot more than just the third down. I mean, it was a possible touchdown play. Um, anyways, that that Michael uh, uh, Mothershed, he is not. Mm-hmm. He's the new Strickers. Really? Yeah, he's just. A, it's a, it's a bad. That's a bad crew. Make a lot of bad decisions and a lot of bad calls. One point, the Beavs got called for twelve men on the field when they never had twelve men on the field. Really? Yeah. They got so called did they, for. They uh, ca- did they uncall it or what they do? Yeah, they they undid it because they went back and, and looked at it on the replay. And it, but it was not like they even had a guy running off the field right before the snap of the ball. There was nobody there. Um, and then what was they, something just else? It up as they go. I don't know what the hell they were looking at. And then what was there was another time where they uh, called targeting on a Beaver player where he totally whiffed. He never even touched the guy. <laughs> and that one got overturned too. But it's like, what are you looking at? Now, did the did the calls go the other way too or not? Uh, I don't remember. I'm mainly going to be seeing what's happening to the Beavs. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was just, you know, and I know people don't like him going for it on fourth down. But, you know, that that's not what lost the game. You know, what lost the game was Washington driving, you know, 96 yards or 90 you know, three yards from their own three yard line down to the other end of the field to kick a field goal to win the game. Mm-hmm. What yeah. lost the game was the Beavs having Washington at third and goal from the 24 and giving up a touchdown. You know, what lost the game was when the Beavs had the ball after Washington had tied it up and they were driving and they had first down on the 48 yard line getting a false start followed by a delay a game, followed by a sack, and then having to punt. You know, there's a lot so, of other plays that cost them the game other than those two those two going for it twice on fourth down. Yeah. So, anyways, like I said, it's just it's disappointing. Um, that's the second game this year where I think the, the Beavs had more than a, a, a better chance of winning that game. Um, they just didn't convert. And really, too... But- they just need better play out of the quarterback position. And I don't mean that just as the quarterback. I mean all the mm-hmm. way around. The protection for the quarterback, catching – I shouldn't say the quarterback position, the passing game. Okay. You know, because uh, not catching the ball. Although there's one point where, you know, they ran a real well. Martinez was wide freaking open, and he couldn't catch the ball. You know, they overthrew the ball. Mm-hmm. And it's like, my God, he was wide freaking open. If he catches that ball, that's a touchdown. So – Anyways, just disappointing. Um, they still got a lot to play for, though. Yeah, it's just, you know, I just, you know, my whole my whole hope at this point, which it's pretty much gone now, was I was hoping we could win out. I was hoping that um, Utah would beat Oregon. And I would have liked to have us to see us go above Oregon in the in the Pac-12 rankings. That's kind of what I was hoping for. Yeah. I know it was a long shot, but now it's even a longer shot, so. Well, let's get on with the rest of these games, Beach. On Saturday, November 5th, we did have Oregon at Colorado. And we all picked Oregon because Colorado just isn't that good this year. Did you watch that game, Beach? Oh, you probably didn't because you were out messing around. I was, I was out and about messing around, going to the coast, doing all sorts of stuff. But it, it looked like Oregon handily beat Colorado from 
what I saw the final score. Well, Beach, a halfback pass to quarterback Bo Nix for a score, a linebacker plunging in from short, an offensive tackle switching his number to become eligible and hauling in a short TD bass on his birthday, no less. That's how Oregon went about beating Colorado. The do-everything Bo Nix led the charge with two passing touchdowns, two rushing scores, and his TD grab as the eighth-ranked Ducks resorted to some trickery to beat Colorado 49-10 on Saturday. Now, with the wind howling at 39-mile-per-hour gusts, the Ducks wow. breezed to their eighth win since a 49-3 loss to number one Georgia in the season opener. Now, the Ducks dialed up one gadget play after another with offensive tackle Josh Connerly Jr. catching a four-yard TD pass to open the scoring. Linebacker Norris Sewell got the call to go scoring on a one-yard dive, and even Nix got into the trick play act by catching an 18-yard touchdown pass from tailback Bucky Irving. Hmm. So, we all got the win there on that one. Not, 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 not surprising. No, 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 no. <laughs> Up next, Beach, Washington State at Stanford. Ooh, Washington State at Stanford. God dang it, Billy! I don't have my notes in front of me. Well, you and uh, I took Washington State, Kyle. Okay, thank you. Kyle took Stanford. And who won on that one? Washington State quarterback Cameron Ward threw two touchdown passes and ran for a third. Nakia Watson rushed for 166 yards in the score, and Washington State snapped a three-game losing streak with a 52-14 victory against Stanford on Saturday. The Cougs scored touchdowns on their first three possessions and then put the game away with two more TDs in the final two minutes and nine seconds of the first half. Jaden Hicks also returned to fumble 17 yards for a score in the second quarter as Washington State used four takeaways and 306 yards rushing to get over the frustration of the losing streak. Now, the Cardinal lost six of their first seven conference games for the first time since 2006, the year before Jim Harbaugh arrived on the farm to turn Stanford into a contender. After a long run of success under Harbaugh and David Shaw, things have turned in recent years, and Stanford hasn't won more than four games in a season since going 9-4 in 2018. Wow. Yep. Are, are, is, do you think it's coaching, or do you think it's uh, overall financial support from the university for the football program? I just think it's not getting the right guys in there. Hmm. Yeah. Be interesting to see what happens next year. But hey, he's still coaching at the moment. That's better than a couple of coaches. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> All right. So you and I got the win there. Next up, Beach, Arizona at Utah. Ooh, Arizona at Utah. We all picked the the Utes. Did we not? We did. The twelfth ranked Utes tallied little, a little baby goats. The 12th-ranked Utes tallied a season-high 306 yards in rushing in a 45-20 win over Arizona on Saturday night. Nine different players had at least one carry, and Jaquidden Jackson led the way with a career-high 97 yards and a touchdown. Utah averaged 5.6 yards per rush while finishing with its highest single-game rushing yardage since racking up 441 yards against Stanford last season. Now, rising through for 151 yards and a touchdown in his return following a one-game absence. Utah forced seven fumbles and recovered four. Wow. Now for Arizona, Jaden Delora had 159 yards passing and ran for a touchdown to lead Arizona. The Wildcats totaled 397 yards, but gained only 138 yards after halftime. So we all got the win there. Two games left. First up, mm -hmm. UCLA at Arizona State. Uh, UCLA at Arizona State. Uh, assuming we all took the bitch tits Chip Kelly. And his uh, Bruins. UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson hurdled a defender on a 33-yard touchdown run 
one of his two rushing touchdowns and also passed for two TDs as number 10 UCLA held off Arizona State 50-36 to on Saturday night. Thompson Robinson threw on an interception on the first play from scrimmage and the Sun Devils turned it into a field goal. But then DTR led drives of 75, 77, 91, and 90 yards to give UCLA a 28-10 halftime lead that grew to 35-10 on his four-yard run in the third quarter. Now, Arizona State quarterback Trenton Borgett threw for 349 yards and two touchdowns, and the Sun Devils scored 18 straight points to close to 42-36 on Zagzavian Valade's one-yard TD run and Borgett's two-point conversion pass with 624 left. But UCLA put it away on its next possession on Colson Yankoff's one-yard touchdown run with 230 remaining. Mm. Well, not surprising. Mm-hmm. So all got the win there. And the final game, Beach, Cal at USC. And uh, I believe, again, we all picked them in a Troy. Not a lot of variety in our picks this week, this last week. Nope. And Beach, Caleb, uh, USC quarterback Caleb Williams passed for 360 yards, rushed for a touchdown, threw two of his four scoring passes to Michael Jackson III, leading number nine USC football to a 41-35 victory over Cal on Saturday night. Taj Washington caught seven passes for 112 yards and a touchdown for the Trojans, whose defense allowed 28 points in the second half of a third straight subpar outing. Warning back Travis Dye also rushed for 98 yards and a touchdown USC's 15th victory in 17 meetings with Cal. Tight end Lake McCree caught a TD pass with 534 to play while the Trojans held off the Bears' late rally. Now for Cal, Jack Plummer passed for 406 yards and threw TD passes to Monroe Young, Marvin Anderson, and Jeremiah Hunter for Cal, which has lost five straight and six of seven despite a stirring second-half rally. So pretty good aerial attack. They They threw the ball around pretty well, but that's been usc's their defense has been a little suspect so it's not not too uh it's not too surprising gotcha well something we need to be concerned with though yeah our, our past defense is usually a little better they're not giving uh, up third down and 24 from the 24 yeah so. <laughs> anyway so you and i got the win there um and there's a couple of those games it was get kind of close but you know the teams that we would have fit. You and I went five for five again. Kyle went four for yeah. five. Gotcha. So I don't think we've had that happen in a long time. Where we all went undefeated last week and then out of 15 picks, we only lost one this week. Yeah. So, well, and Kyle, Kyle always ends up picking some obscure thing anyway. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Kyle's now 43 out of 62. You and I are 47 out of 62. And that's where things stand. All right, Beach, the Pac-12 in the polls. Uh, the AP poll came out. Oregon moved up to 6, USC to 8, UCLA to 9, Utah to 13, and Washington entered at 24 with Oregon State and the others receiving votes category. It was a brief moment in the, in the limelight, wasn't it? Yep. And now in the coaches' poll, Oregon moved up to 6, USC to 7th, UCLA to 10th, Utah to 13, Washington entered at 23, and Oregon State is also in the others receiving votes category. So there we are. Now, they did put the playoff poll out, but it's not out. The updated version isn't out yet. So this isn't – it's going to change because number one in the poll lost, number four in the poll lost, number six in the poll lost. But as of last week, Oregon was at eighth in the playoff poll, USC at ninth, UCLA at twelfth, 
and Utah at 14th. And where do you need to be? Uh, in the top, what is it, four or six? I was thinking it was eight, but maybe I'm wrong. And it's like the top. Is it top eight? No. Do they just have two, two, two uh, semi champ, semi, semi, and one championship? I don't even remember right now. Because it would go four to two to you know four to two. Yeah, I can't remember right now. That's okay. how. That's how much I hate the. Uh, I, I I hate the championship thing. Yeah, I I just honestly only give a damn about the Rose Bowl. I, me too. Me too. Yeah. I, I give a damn about the Rose Bowl and, uh, and the. Uh, see here uh, yeah the pack pack 12 champion which ultimately yeah is the rose bowl <laughs> yeah it's a mess yeah i don't remember so anyways all right beach it's now time for the tommy tuberville what's he think i look like a jackass you sure do <laughs> uh, jackass of the week award every week like to give a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship leadership and just being a fan and actually beach kind of another one here it's really surprising we don't have a lot of jackassery going on this week. Well, I almost wondered if Oregon State was going to get it from that little thing, but like I said, I couldn't. But I don't know what happened. Yeah. I, I don't know what happened. I don't know who started it. I don't know exactly what happened. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're trying to find some jack. This is the first year. We, we've been doing the Jackass of the Week Award for almost the whole time we've been doing the podcast. I think so, yeah. This is season 11, and – this is like the first time we've had like two weeks where it's hard to find a jackass of the week. And we'll have to say another coach did get fired last week. Jeff Scott at, uh, at the uh, university of Southern Florida. They got, uh, he got canned. Um, but that's not really, I mean, that's kind of jackass for canning all these coaches, but it is what it is there. Um, yep. Mario Cristobal, his Hurricanes lost their fourth consecutive home game, 45-3 to at Florida State. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, they're not looking good. Um, but is that jackassery? Not really. I mean, he can be a jackass. No, but that's shocking, you know, because, yeah. yeah. So uh, Funny how Oregon is having – well, but in, in his defense, maybe his recruits that he's working with aren't as solid as he was hoping could they would be. be. Could be. Um, but – I think what we're going to do, and this, it's, we're, we're going to give him the Jackass Week Award, but it's really the, I don't know, Sad Sack of the Week Award. Um, we're going to give it to the University of Missouri defense. Okay. So, and we're going to give it to the Missouri defense through a punter on the other team. Right? Okay. So, Missouri was playing Kentucky, I believe in Missouri. This last weekend, and nobody took one for the team quite like Kentucky punter Colin Goodfellow. So the Kentucky punter was carted off the field after making a game-saving play late in the Wildcats' 21-17 victory at Missouri. So it was late in the game. The Wildcats were leading 21-17, mm-hmm. and Kentucky needed a punt. And okay. there was a horrible snap that went over Goodfellow's head. So not his fault. Went over his head, and it went back to about the three-yard line. Okay. And Missouri defenders were coming at him. But uh-huh. somehow he picked up the ball, and the ball basically went straight behind him. So it didn't, like, draw off to the side or anything. It just went straight back. 
skied it over his head. He ran back, picked up the ball, immediately turned around and punted it. Right? He was right near the goal line when he punted it. Okay. But he punted it. And when he did that, he managed to draw a roughing the kicker penalty. Wow. Because the poor bastard Missouri <laughs> defender didn't get the ball. He just tackled the kicker. Oh. He didn't touch the ball. And really, it was because he turned around with that ball so quick and kicked it. You know, it's it's almost unfortunate. Because it, and that's why I say we're giving it to him because it's more of the sad sack of the week award, right? Well, I saw know, the play was, and I was like, because I heard people going, that was a horrible call. And I'm like, I wonder what this is. And then I watched it and I'm like, actually, it's the right call because the guy, if he goes into his punting motion, he is afforded the protection of a punter, right? Yeah. And as long as they get a piece of the ball, they can light him up. But because they didn't touch the ball and he basically put his head right across his chest and just buried himself in the guy and the guy was able to kick the ball, it was a roughing the punter penalty. You know, I almost feel like so, you know how if the ball's tipped in a pass, then there's no pass interference call, right? Yeah, because it's a tip ball. I, I almost feel like if if the ball hits the ground prior to a punter kicking it. Mm hmm. And I guess if you drop kick it, that would be an exception ex- exception to that. But if the ball hits the ground before before hitting the touching the punter's hands or before being grasped by the punter, then that should almost make you open for for a tackle. Well, but but not if you're punting I mean, the ball. I guess you're exposed, but yeah, you know it's 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 a mad chase. I mean, then at that point, first thing you do as a punter is you freaking go into the kicking motion. Well, yeah, but you also have to kick the ball. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, it can yeah. be blocked too, but yeah, because if you miss the ball, it's amazing how quickly he got the ball off. Um, but uh, yeah, so instead of uh, the Missouri taking over there at the inside the five yard line or scoring, mm-hmm. right, or if he gets the ball off from there without getting the penalty. Missouri probably has the ball, you know, inside the Kentucky 40 with 225 to go. But instead, they get a first down. Got screwed. And they were able to run the clock down to 38 seconds left. And after that punt with their backup punter, they had Missouri buried deep in their own territory with no timeouts. Yep. So, anyways... If you have a chance, watch the play. It's really quick, and it was impressive what the guy did, although they had to cart him off on a cart after the play. But I was just I watched that, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of horrible. So is it really a jackass of the week award? No, because I couldn't find any jackass. I mean, I, I, it usually doesn't take me long or I end up seeing a jackass of the week, right? Because mm. stupid crap happens every week. Or you'll read yeah. a story, and you're like, God, that's just stupid. But now there was nothing this week, and I was looking all over the place. So uh, the Missouri defense, and I couldn't figure out who the defender was that tackled him. You get this week's. <laughs> Jackass of the week. But really, it's the sad sack of the week award. So. All right, Beach. It's now time for the musical interlude and your pick. So shoot. Okay. You know, th- this one, actually, I, I just was looking for a song. Ring of Fire is a song written by June Carter Cash and Merle Kilgore and popularized by Johnny Cash in 1963. The single appears on Cash's 1963 album, Ring of Fire, The Best of Johnny Cash. 
The song was originally recorded by June's sister, Anita Carter, on her Mercury Records album, Folk Songs Old and New, as Love's Ring of Fire. Ring of Fire was ranked number four on the country music uh, charts, 100 Greatest Songs of Country Music in 2003, and number 87 on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 Greatest Songs of All Time in June 2014. Rolling Stone ranked the song number 27 on the list of the 100 Greatest Country Songs of All Time. So the song was recorded on March 25th, 1963, and became one of the biggest hits of Johnny Cash's career, staying at number one on the country chart for seven weeks. It was certified gold on January 21st, 2010 by the RIAA and has also sold over 1.2 million digital downloads. So here you go. Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, 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 and the flames went higher, and it burns, 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 the ring of fire, the ring of fire. I went down, 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 and the flames went higher, and it burns, 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 the ring of fire, the ring of fire. The taste of love is sweet, when hearts like ours meet. I fell for you like a child. The fire went wild I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And the flames went higher And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And the flames went higher and it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire 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 He had, uh, he had a very uh, unique sound about him. I didn't, you know, he did a surprising number of covers in his career. Are you there, Billy? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Well, the fact that he did hurt, you know, uh, which was a cover of what? Nine inch nails. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm just as, and then he did, um, Oh, a couple other ones. They're on his final album. I don't know if you ever listened to his, uh, one of his last albums where he did the cover of hurt. And, um, 
uh, God, there's a couple other songs on there. Just very great album all the way through, uh, even though his voice has aged and you can definitely tell he was much, much older. But just his gravelly voice just really put a lot of emotion to those songs. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not sure what album that was. I've got it on CD, even though I don't listen to CD anymore. Uh, do you recall the album name, Billy? Was it just called Cash? American Four? Uh, American Four? Uh, hold on here. Four? It might have been American Four, 100 Highways. American Four? Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. Well, that was it. What All right. Next, Let's uh, do the week number 11 preview for the Pac-12. I got Kyle's email here. Okay. Let's do this. We got one game on Friday, November 11th, Colorado at USC. Colorado at USC. I'll go first on this one. I'm taking USC. Okay. Kyle says Colorado at USC, 42 to 3 USC. What are you picking, Beach? 42 to 3. He's calling the score. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm picking USC, but I would love to see Colorado win. That would be like epic. I like how you do the same call as Kyle and I. You're an ass. Saturday, November 12th. <laughs> we've got Arizona State at Washington State. It's like it's like you're a prick with ears. I've never seen such a thing. I'm taking Washington State. Washington State. Kyle versus... says Wazoo gets bowl eligible. What are you taking, Beach? Against who? Arizona State. Listen up. Uh, uh, Wazoo. Oh, so you're taking the same thing <laughs> Kyle and I are taking. All right. Stanford at Utah. I'm taking Utah. I'm taking Kyle Utah. Kyle says the little goats eat the tree, Utah. Who are you taking? I already said I'm taking Utah. Oh, you're going to follow us. Okay. All right. Next up, Washington at Oregon. I'm going to take Oregon. <laughs> Kyle says Huskies suck away from home. The Ducks? Who are you taking, Beach? Huskies. Oh. Next up, Arizona at UCLA. Uh, I'm going to take UCLA. I'm going to take UCLA. <laughs> Kyle says, the nipples on the bitch tits get rock hard when the team gets to 91. Hard, sweaty, taut man titty nipples. <laughs> Nipply nip nips. Pink, firm, man nippy nips. Oh, God, uh, I don't know if I should laugh or vomit. So he's taking UCLA. Who are you taking, Beach? I'm taking UCLA. UCLA. I like how you take the almost the exact same things Kyle and I take. I'm taking Huskies, you son of a bitch. Whatever. They're going to kick Oregon's ass. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah. And then Utah's going to kick their ass, and then we're going to kick their ass, and we're going to go ahead of the son of a bitches. <laughs> All right. All right, Beach, last game. Cal at Oregon State. Oh, sausage fest. Well, Beach, Cal needs to come out and. And Kyle also says go Beefs. Um, Oregon State needs to come out and uh, establish the run and get the passing game going against Cal. I think Oregon State's pass defense is good enough to shut down Cal's passing offense. But Oregon State really needs more out of the passing game. I mean, that's what really hurt him against uh, Washington because early on, Washington was only had six guys in the box, and Oregon State was running well against them. But mm-hmm. pretty soon, Washington moved that seventh guy in the box, and that really shut down Oregon State, and they never could get a passing game going. So Washington was 
more than content to, you know, leave those options there if Oregon State wasn't going to take advantage of them. Yeah. So, Oregon State's the better team. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, and it's really, you look at the Pac-12 now, and you've really got um, two big different tiers of teams in the Pac-12. You've got Oregon, USC, UCLA, Utah on the top. Mm -hmm. You have Colorado, Stanford, Arizona, Arizona State, Cal in the bottom. And in the middle, you've got – and Washington State's kind of in the top of that bottom tier. And in the middle, you've got Washington and Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. Real, and really, that's what it comes down to. Um, I, I think Washington and Oregon State have the talent to compete with those top four teams, but they just haven't put it all together yet. Yeah, I was going to say they didn't have the they they didn't play the perfect game. No, and um, Oregon State doesn't have the passing offense consistently, mm-hmm. and yeah. and uh, Washington hasn't been able to run and doesn't have the greatest defense. I was going to say, I think that's really what, what Oregon State and uh, Washington is lacking is consistency. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was saying earlier that – You have the talent, just not the consistent talent. Yeah. And I was saying uh, earlier it was quarterback play, but it's really not just quarterback play. It's just the whole passing offense. And, and honestly, that's why I picked the Huskies against Oregon is because I just – I don't know. It might be hope a little bit more mm-hmm. than anything because I'd like to see them win. But I think they've got the ability to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I they hate Oregon with a passion. Who doesn't? And I'm hoping that team that they can put on a perfect game, and their their hatred for the Ducks takes them over the top. Mm-hmm. Because by God, we need somebody to do it. <laughs> That'd be nice. I don't want to have to root for USC to beat Oregon. No, no. So. So anyways, all right. And we do have a tailgater coming up this week, beach, and it is sausage fest, our annual game where we get the ever goods from the Bay area. When we play the Bay area schools up in Corvallis. So um, what, what kind of sausage we got? Well, we got the pineapple, correct? We've got pineapple, we've got uh, garlic and we've got red hot. Okay. Um, and, uh, kickoff is set for six. So we'll be tailgating until five. I figured we'll probably have food ready to go about one thirty or two. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be out there at seven. So there'll be a little bit of food going between 7am and two, but the majority of the food about one thirty, two o'clock. Um, so we'll be doing the ever goods. And what I'm going to do is beer bath them and then finish them on the flat top. Okay. Like okay. Before. So beer bath, just put a little... some beer and onions, and we'll just get those guys kind of steaming in that beer. And then, uh, when someone wants one, we'll throw it on the grill to get a little color on it. And then, um, put it in a bun. Now we'll have a uh, buns and I was going to get some pretzel buns. Ooh, I like pretzel buns. Yeah. I haven't found them yet, but I'm going to go shopping tomorrow. So hopefully we'll have some pretzel buns, but we will have more pretzels for you to bake and the beer cheese. Ooh, cause beer cheese is going to be awesome on it. If we need it on the, you also, do you, Billy, do you have a plethora of mustard? I do have a number of mustards. Yes. So we have a, okay, a virtual I, cornucopia. Okay. Cause I do like my mustard. I do have a bunch of mustards, so we'll, we'll also have, have to bring our ketchup for those weirdos out there. Too. Yeah, we'll have some of that, and we'll have kraut, onions, peppers. Now, the other thing, Beach, is it's probably going to be dang cold on Saturday. Is it supposed to rain, or what's the weather? I, the 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 rain right now is only like six or eight percent. Oh, that's a good sign. So we're looking pretty good, but it should be cold. I think the high for the day is like forty-seven or forty-eight. Okay. I mean, today it didn't get any higher than thirty-nine, and it was just dark all day. 
No, it was it was really not a very good day today at yeah. all. Um, but uh, so what? Uh, Greg had a good suggestion. Getting uh, bring out the um, percolator, but we're just gonna okay. fill it with hot water, and we're gonna have hot chocolate out there. Ooh! And then with the hot chocolate, we'll have some different things to make some hot toddies. Okay, gotcha. So maybe like some butterscotch liqueur or um, some peppermint schnapps. So are, or, are we gonna have like a are we gonna have like a box of Swiss Miss powder? Um, I've got a container. I've got a thing where you can mix your own, and then we'll have some other different things you can nudge it with. Okay. Does that sound good? That sounds awesome. Yeah, that's kind of what that was. Greg brought that up. I'm like that's a great idea. Instead of doing coffee, um, since it's not gonna be an early morning game. But we'll have those things out so people can uh, warm themselves up all over the place with that. Sound like a good idea? Well, absolutely, because I've never been a fan of the coffee thing. So, yeah, uh, bringing the hot chocolate kind of kind of a nice yeah. nice option. I'll get some I'll get some marshmallows too. Okay, maybe some whipped cream. Uh, yeah, I can do that. But like I said, and then we'll just have a bunch of stuff to to, to put in there and give you give give that hot chocolate a little kick. Fantastic. Sound good? That's Anything awesome. else you want me to bring out um, for Saturday? We'll have the usual nope. assortment of stuff, but uh, I figured those Evergoods with the beer cheese. We won't get any nacho cheese. I'll have some shredded cheese. No, but, I think uh, especially with the with the pretzel dog, I think would be is is a fantastic combination. Plus, again, the just the 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 cheese the the beer cheese with the regular pretzels. That's what just, I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. All right, BJ. Anything else to add? And we'll toast the buns. We can toast the buns on the flat top, yeah, because we'll just love, be using love. the flat top and the fryer and the. Uh, the trigger okay because I, I love my buns toasted you just love your buns touched all right that's true too <laughs> all right anything else to add beach nope i got i got nothing i'm just excited actually i'm excited for the election to be over tomorrow so that my social media won't be constantly inundated with uh with advertising of candidates that i don't care for and um and hopefully we can move on with life and then i'm anxious for saturday because uh, we're going to have a great game. Yeah. And hopefully a big, big win. I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 186 of Legal Participation. If you'd like to comment, suggest, or ask a question, there's a few ways to get in touch with us. Heinertailgator at gmail.com. At Heinertailgator on Twitter. Heinertailgator on Facebook. Remember to listen, subscribe, leave a rating and review. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your podcasts. Beach. Billy. Thanks. Next time. Let's do this on Sunday. Okay. Sounds like a plan. All right. And until we see everybody out on Friday for a great tailgater, some sausage fest, here's a great big go beans. But after a long run of success under Humbaugh, uh, after a long Humbaugh. run of success. Uh, this one jumped out at me. Um, I'm not a huge fan of this band. Actually, I've never really listened to them, even though I'm sure I've heard the song on the radio a few times. Um, uh, 
Uh, and actually, I didn't even know any history on them. I remember, and I can't remember if it was these guys or The Cure, who I always saw like bumper stickers on. Oh, I, uh, know, but, I know what song this is going to be. Do you know the song? Firestarter. No. Oh, really? I figured it was going to be that. No. Is that from The Cult? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, are you doing cult. The Cult? Yes. What what, what song? Uh, well, let me let me do my thing. Is it Firewoman? Yes, it is Firewoman. The song that uh, Kyle picked, or one of us picked. Oh, fuck. <laughs> on God week four. It. God damn it. <laughs> okay. We're... Cut, Bill, you cut. I couldn't remember that he did this one. Yeah. Okay, hold I'm, on. I'm looking at the list right here, week four. Firewoman, the okay. cult. Well, I thought he did do one, but I couldn't remember. I didn't think it was the cult. So it was one that was obscure that I wasn't aware of. So hold on, we're going to change up. Can so you it's going to be. Shit no, you got to do cut. now. You got to go. I'm picking one right now. Screw you. No, I'm going to pick one. Ring of Fire by. Uh, Ring of Fire by. Uh, by. Uh, uh, Johnny Cash. Go. Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass. You're an asshole. Oh, my an asshole. I had to wait. <laughs> Couldn't record last night. You had to, I had to wait an, an extra half an hour tonight for you. And I'm the <laughs> asshole. Good pick on the rebound. Yeah, asshole. Um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, you know, this one was one that was coming, uh, on the backside. It was like a number two for me. And, um, I completely forgot that Kyle picked the cult, but, uh, like I said, I've, the cult's never been a, a big, uh, I've never been a big listener to it. And then when I was searching for songs with fire, it popped to the top and I, I completely spaced that Kyle picked it. So anyway, sorry, Kyle, even though I'm not really that sorry, but, uh, anyway, I miss Johnny Cash. The nipples on bitch tits get rock hard when they when he when the oh god I gotta read this <laughs> okay yeah, let me read this uh, I hate his, you Kyle his, the, nip- nipples the, the nipples on a cold tailgater day the- I like beer. <laughs>